Hello and welcome to the Euro Trips podcast. After a crazy month of international football, we are now counting down the days until the start of the new domestic seasons. My name is Andy and I am ever, as ever, joined by our usuals, uh, Ryan and Naeem. Uh, Alex can't be with us at the moment. He may join us later, but he may not. Um, but yeah, Naeem and Ryan, how are you boys? Yeah, all good here, mate. Just um, recovering from a cold, but yeah, I'm all good. A cold in this weather? What's going on? Yeah, got it last Thursday, man. Especially with the hot weather, yeah, it wasn't wasn't good. No, right, it's not COVID, so it's not it's not the Delta then. It's not the Delta. Nah, it's not the Delta variant. No, <laughs> I think I'll be bedbound if that had happened. <laughs> oh god, can you imagine? Uh, and Ryan, are you right? Yeah, I'm right, mate. Good stuff. Good stuff. So, um, what we're gonna do? We're going back to our normal routine of reviewing each of our leagues. So, uh, as you all know, who listened to it previously, I'm I covered the Premier League. Alex covers French football, uh, Ryan covers Italian football, and Naeem covers all things in Spain. So um, we're just going to go through sort of any sort of managerial changes, any transfers, any news surrounding the teams. Um, so we're going to start off with you, Naeem. Uh, so what's going on in Spain? Oh, cool. That's what's happening in Spain. No. Um, right, yeah. So there's not really been too much activity in Spain. Um Notable managerial changes, obviously, Carlo Ancelotti's come into Real Madrid again. Um, this is obviously his second stint at the club. He's replaced uh, Zidane, who left at the end of last season. Um, so in terms of transfers for Madrid, it's been quite quiet on that front. Um, the only one of note that has come in is uh, David Alaba on a free from Bayern Munich. He's obviously going to come in and play in the defence, but he can play a number of positions um, if need be for Real Madrid. Uh, in terms of departures for Real Madrid, uh, yeah, in that front, it's been quiet as well. So, so far, we've had Bri- uh, Brian Diaz. He's gone out on another loan to AC Milan. Um, obviously, he was there last season. And Sergio Ramos has gone to PSG on a free after um, his contract was not renewed at Real Madrid. I think they did offer him one, but um, by the time he accepted it, they said it was too late. So... Yeah, with Real Madrid, yeah, they've been they've been quite quiet in the transfer market so far, but um, obviously there's still a couple of weeks left, so I reckon they will probably will probably when they're going to need to bring in a few more other players, so we'll just have to wait and see what happens there. Atletico Madrid, the current title holders, they yeah they haven't been they haven't really been busy either as well. Um, they've got uh, Rodrigo de Paul coming in from Udinese for a fee of around thirty one million pounds. Obviously, he impressed at the Copa America uh, recently, winning it with Argentina. He actually got the assist for Di Maria's goal um, in the game. They've also brought in a left winger from Fluminense called Marcos Paolo. He's um, 20 years old, so he'd probably be one for the future. Um, but yeah, in terms of other players coming in for them, it's only just really players coming back from their loan spells at their said clubs. And... And yeah, in terms of all the other teams, obviously Sevilla, they've they brought in a goalkeeper, Marco Dimitrovic from um, Ibar. Um, he's come in on a free transfer. Other than that, it's just mainly a couple outgoings, a um, couple, couple free people going on free, free transfers. I think that's kind of going to be kind of the theme so far in this transfer window. You know, obviously with clubs not having... Um, the same sort of money that they would have uh, post uh, pre-COVID, so obviously people are resorting to free transfers or loan deals. So, so yeah, um, that's that's pretty much it really from the the top teams in uh, La Liga. There's not really been too much big name moves, but obviously with Barcelona, um, they have obviously that they they've gone down the route of free transfers because obviously there's been reports that. They have. They need to offload four hundred million pounds off their wage bill, so to bring it down with the La Liga salary cap. So the likes of Griezmann, Coutinho, Dembele, and Braithwaite may be offloaded because they are players, especially the first two, that are on quite high wages, and they obviously were bought in for high high fees as well. So yeah, so the free transfer that they have bought in, um, they bought in from Real Betis, uh, right back Emerson Royale. He's a twenty-two-year-old Brazilian. He's coming for a fee of around £8.1 million. The free transfers that they have got in, um, they brought in Memphis Supply for on a free. 
And they've also brought in two X-Man City players uh, with Eric Garcia, centre-back, and Sergio Aguero coming out on, coming in on a free. Uh, in terms of departures, uh, Junior Firpo has gone on a £13 million fee uh, to Leeds United. I think that will be a good addition for um, Leeds. Uh, they've also gotten rid of uh, Jean-Claire Todibo, uh, the centre-back who's gone to Nice. And the last one to go out with for a fee is Carlos Alina, who's gone to Getafe for £4.5 million. So, yeah, that's kind of a round-up so far of the top teams in La Liga, um, of all the transfers that they have made. Um, hopefully, within the next couple of weeks, there'll be a bit more to report on. But, um, yeah, that's what's going on in La Liga. And also with Real Madrid... You may have known, obviously, the audio leaks from Florentino Perez. Um, that's the kind of most exciting news to come out of the Liga so far. So, yeah, not too much to report on. But um, obviously, as players are coming back from their holidays and everything, there might be a bit more activity as the season uh, comes ever so close. Yeah, and we're bound to get sort of more news as the season goes on. But as the sort of pre-season goes on, um, especially when it goes to deadline day, things like that, um, I will come to you, Ryan, in a minute. I know you wanted to make a point. But also, I was going to mention later on, but you, you mentioned him, Ancelotti going from Everton to Madrid. I think, personally, you're the biggest idiot in football right now, Ancelotti, personally. Because I think that, first of all, whilst I get Madrid's a massive club and he may have had a good time there, they sacked him the same summer he won them the Champions League, right? Yep. And at Everton, he was actually building a fairly good team. He was building something I thought he was building quite a good thing. Yeah. Um, I will touch on the manager later on, but a new manager. But I think that, it's like if you if right, so if you're if you have a girlfriend right who dumps you the same the same month for example that I don't know you you get your degree or you I don't know you do something amazing and then a month later or say for example you take a girl for a nice nice romantic meal for a birthday give her all the sort of the trimmings all the sort of make her feel like a right like a right like a princess make her feel special and then a week later she dumps you. It's the same thing as that. Why would you go back to her? And the same thing, why would he go back to a club that sacked him the same summer that they won a Champions League? Yeah, you know. At least somewhere that was actually, he was doing well at. So, I thought... Yeah, that, that, one, that one was a bit of a weird one because, yeah, like you were saying, obviously he was, he was doing... He was, obviously Everton didn't do that well last season, but you can see what you're trying to do, you know. Obviously, mm. if he brought in a few more of his players, you never know, they could have bro- broken into the European places. But yeah, to go back to Real Madrid after they sacked you, yeah, it's a bit... It's a bit of a weird one, especially with them not really spending that much money on transfers so far this season. So, and I don't know, he might do well there, but I, I, I can't see it being another successful stint at um, Real Madrid. So, we'll, we'll, we'll wait and see. But, yeah, I think he should have stayed at Everton for another season. But I guess if Real Madrid job is free, then, you, you know, you're not really going to turn it down, I guess. But. Yeah, I suppose, but I suppose... There's no guarantee even if he does well. There's no guarantee That's it. he's going he's to stay there. They, they can sack him once again. So... Yeah, personally a bit strange. Um, right, what are your thoughts on the um, happenings in Spain at the moment? Um, well, I'll touch on that Ancelotti point just quickly in terms of I do understand why he's gone back to Real Madrid, even though they did sack him because it is just Real Madrid. They are, probably without doubt, probably the biggest club in, in the world, them and Manchester mm-hmm. United. So I can understand it going, going to there from Everton because... You know, you mentioned about the girl, girlfriend scenario. You, you know, he's, he's almost going back to a ten out of ten model when you think when you think about it. Um, so it's 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 just the you know the allure of of, of Madrid into it. and you know I think although he was doing all right, Evan, I don't think he was setting the world on fire really then. No. And um, they have the money to spend, but it doesn't seem like I know they got James Rodriguez in, but I don't think that ever sort of get a bigger profile player than than him. So I understand why he did that. But in terms of La Liga, I mean, it's, a, it's it's unfortunately a league that's really starting to almost drop behind the others now because of the financial, um, I don't know what I call it, a crisis, but, you know, the Spanish clubs can't pay the same as what some of the other European clubs pay. And you look at Barcelona and Real Madrid. I mean, Barcelona especially, they're in... You know, you can really think of a worse financial mess, really, for them. And the fact that Messi took, you know, a massive pay cut to stay there, I was uh, quite surprised with yeah, that one, to be honest. About 50% pay cut he took? That's uh, so, what I mean. That's, and, I mean, he's still on, you know, a fortune anyway. But, yeah. Uh, and 
and even at, even at Real Madrid, you know, they're not really signing any any Galacticos anymore. Um, it's been a been a couple of years. I think the last one was probably Hazard, and we know how that one's worked out. So yeah, <laughs> it's just it's just a shame from my point of view for Barcelona as well that they're selling so many good youngsters as well because mm. they've got they you know um, John Claire uh, Tadebo who's gone to is it Nice. Yeah, gone to Nice. Yeah, Nice. Yeah, I mean French centre back. He is a very good player. They also sold uh, Conrad De La Fuente to Marseille for peanuts. I think it was about two million. Um, even Carlos Elena, good player, and um, Ricky Puke, another centre midfielder. Although he hasn't left, I know he's not fancied by Ronald Koeman. So it's a bit it's a bit sad that you know they're not going down that youth path anymore you know, that academy is so good and yet yeah you know i know they're brought brought through pedri but they aren't really any sort of noticeable ones in that squad anymore apart from him um sadly so I, that's the only point that i wanted to make really sorry i was on my mic my mic was off then um <laughs> but yeah thank you for that name that was um Good to hear what's going on in Spain. Um, yeah, not much. Say that again, sorry. <laughs> no, I said not much is going on in Spain. No. I'm sure, I'm sure you'll pick up over the summer. Yeah, hopefully. <laughs> yeah, definitely. I, th- I still think there's something brewing in terms of, you know, maybe not this January, this summer, but maybe January in terms of the, the Haaland situation, the Mbappe, the Mbappe situation. I think they're still big enough Madrid-wise to bring those two players. But then again, the money situation may mean they not, may, may, they may not get them. Um Right, we're going to go to you next, right? Our Italian football expert. And of course, Italy internationally won the Euros. Um, so what's been going on mm. in, in club football in Italy? What's been going on? Um, well, we'll go on to the managerial situation first because, mm, incredibly, yeah. 14 of the last 20 teams in the league last season have all changed managers ahead of the new season. So almost 75% which is crazy, really. I mean, the big names that you can sort of spring to mind, Mourinho to Roma, Allegri back at Juve, uh, Simeon Inzaghi, uh, Inzaghi, sorry, going to Inter Milan, uh, Spalletti gone to Napoli. But some interesting ones are Thiago Motta, the ex-PSG player, hey, gone to Spezia. Someone who, if you YouTube, has some very bold ideas when it comes to football tactics. So I'm intrigued to see what he does. Um, uh, Maurizio Sarri, gone to Lazio. Lazio, sorry. Hmm. Sorry, sorry, Andy, didn't mean to cut you off. Isn't Botta the... Didn't he have some thing? Was it like two to the back or something? Was it two to the back he had? Yeah. (laughs) Pretty pretty much. It was a very... It was very bold and sort of controversial way of thinking, but... Uh, he might prove, you know, to be the next uh, Pep Guardiola, only with hair, but who <laughs> knows? Um, uh, obviously, I said uh, Mauricio Sarri's gone to Lazio. Good signing for them. Uh, Vincenzo Italiano, probably the most Italian name you'll ever found, uh, has gone to Fiorentina after they had Catuso there for just a matter of days or weeks. So... Yeah, lots of changes in the dugouts for sure. And I'm intrigued to see, especially how Mourinho does in Roma, considering they won a pre-season friendly 10-0 the other day. Huh. But, uh, yeah, not, not the not the Mourinho way. But in terms of uh, transfers, we've already seen some big moves made, both in and out of Serie A. And we expect, obviously, more to happen now uh, in the coming weeks, obviously you had the Euros on, so there's no, never really anything too big going to happen in that time. But uh, some notable ones was uh, Hakan Chalanoglu's surprise switch from AC to Inter Milan. I think that caught a lot of people off guard, especially the Milan fans who bombarded his Instagram with snake emojis. <laughs> um, <laughs> you had, obviously, uh, Mike Manganan, I think that's how you pronounce his name, has gone to AC Milan, replacing Donnarumma. And the most interesting one so far for me is Nicolas Gonzalez, who's gone from Stuttgart to Fiorentina for just over 20 million euros. Um, Argentina sort of striker, but he's a bit more versatile, can play on both wings, still quite young. 
very interesting signing for them because I know he was reportedly linked with Everton as well. Um, I mean, in terms of the outgoings, we've seen uh, Ashraf Hakimi leave Inter for PSG. As I mentioned, Donnarumma has also left Milan for the French capital. Uh, striker Musa Barrow has gone from Atalanta to Bologna for quite a big fee, just under £20 million again. Uh, Justin Cliver as well is uh, is going to Nice uh, from Roma, which is a surprise. That's a good, really good signing for Nice. Obviously, they know Alex isn't here today to go for the French ones, but I was quite surprised for that because I don't even think they've paid a big fee for him. But, you know, good signing there for Nice. But the best one of all is the best love story since Twilight, and that is Gigi Buffon going back to Parma which mm. made me so happy to see it when it happened because I saw Fabrizio Romano obviously put on Twitter that it was rumoured to be happening. But it's such a it's such a great story. I don't think you'll ever find anyone who who dislikes Buffon. Like, you know, he's such an incredible athlete to still be performing the way he is at his age, even for a goalkeeper. I think, yeah, I think he's 43 or 44, <laughs> which is just <laughs> mental. But... The fact that he had offers as well to go to Turkey, you know, he probably had opportunities to go to China and America and everywhere else. And the fact that he went back to where it all started just is really nice to see. And I hope he's the catalyst in bringing them back to Serie A next season because, you know, they are one of the biggest clubs in Italy. Um, but yeah, I mean, the big winners of the window so far for me is AC Milan, who have recruited very well, bringing in obviously Manganan. Uh, Tamori obviously had a very good loan spell. They made it permanent. Brahim Diaz from Real Madrid, very talented player. Sandro Tonelli, another very, very good midfielder. They made his loan into a permanent one. Uh, Fede Balotore, left back from Monaco. And of course, Olivier Giroud. And I'll probably say the biggest losers of that rival was Inter, who have sold Akimi, sold Politano. Candreva, mm. Ashley Young, and Jao Mario. Now, you could probably say some of those are, you know, Deadwood and they were trying to shift them anyway. But they haven't done much else in terms of incumbents apart from Chalanoglu. And he isn't even, you know, I don't rate him that highly. Um, they've probably given, given him a massive salary. I don't really see how he fits into that inner team, depending on how Inzaghi plays that team. But I mean, they spent quite a fair bit on a centre-back called Zinho Van Hoosten, who they then immediately loaned out to Genoa, which is a bit odd. But obviously, it can all change. Still very early. Um, and yeah, I'll just round it off with some news. Um, I get well soon, actually. And, um, you know, a bit of a bit of a sad one. Obviously, not, not a man who's popular with the Arsenal fans anyway, but... AC Milan's chief exec, uh, Ivan Gazidas, was uh, diagnosed with throat cancer, sadly, this week. Mm. Um, so, obviously, I hope uh, he, he comes through that OK. But uh, we've also seen this week the newly promoted Spezia team, as I mentioned, now managed by Thiago Motta. They've been given a two-year transfer ban by FIFA <laughs> for uh, recruiting Nigerian youngsters and breaching immigration rules. Um oh quite a hefty ban really for them and I, I, you'd imagine they'd appeal that and hopefully they uh, get that down a little bit. Also got handed a £394,000 fine to go with it but apart from that I mean not much else has happened. You know, Again I expect it all to burst into life in the coming weeks with big transfers like Manuel Locatelli to happen potentially. Ronaldo, Ronaldo's future is still a little bit uncertain I think he will stay but he's always rumours and yeah, uh, there's a lot more business to happen, but it'll be very interesting to see who strengthens. Yeah, interesting to see. I think same with Naeem in Spain. I think things are bound to pick up with all the leagues in Europe. And I think that um, certainly, yeah, there's definitely room, especially with the size of the clubs in Spain and Italy. I think it's definitely, definitely room for more, more goings on in the coming I weeks. Think, yeah, I think we're going to see a lot of swap deals, I think, happened this summer, mm. a bit similar to to last summer. You know, we saw, like, um, Pjanic and Archer. Mm. Obviously, that was a big swap deal. I think that's what we're going to see because, again, there's not a lot of money available, is there, 
out there apart from you know PSG and Man City really and probably United so I think that's something to watch out for as well definitely definitely um right now on to the Premier League um there's been quite a few goings on goings on and I'm going to mention a few stories from from Merseyside so first of all I'm going to go for some transfers that's happened in and out of clubs so Aston Villa they bought in Emiliano Buendia from Norwich for 38 million as well as the aforementioned Ashley Young on a free. Burnley have bought Wayne Hennessy, but have let go and Rob, have let go of Robbie Brady. Uh, Brighton have seen Matt Ryan end his successful spell at the club, the goalkeeper, for an underthrows fee. Uh, Chelsea, we mentioned before, Tamori's gone for 25 million. They've loaned out Billy Gilmore to Norwich. Victor Moses finally ends his series of loan spells at the club and has joined Spartak Moscow. Uh, and Giroud has also gone to AC Milan, both for those for undisclosed fees. Now, Crystal Palace, they have seen a lot of experienced players leave this summer. So you've got Andres Townsend's gone to Everton. You've seen Gary Gayhill, Scott Dan, Nathaniel Klein, Wayne Hennessy and James McCarthy, Mavadou Sacco, Patrick Van Arnold and Conor Wickham have all seen their contract expire. Um, so I think with, obviously, they've now appointed, after Roy Hodgson has probably retired, he's left Palace, they've appointed former Arsenal midfielder Patrick Vieira. So I think we're seeing a track, I think that's what we're seeing now, sort of a, an idea from the Palace board, I think, to try and get young players in. I think they're trying to sort of signify a new era. They're trying to sort of start from the bottom and rebuild. So I think you've seen all these experienced players leave, and I think that is probably where they've gone with that one. Um, now, Everton, well, I'm going to mention Everton quite a lot in a bit, uh, but they have signed Andros Townsend, as I mentioned just then, as well as friend of the podcast, Asmir Begovic, both on freeze, with Theo Walcott making his Southampton move permanent. Um, as well as people like Yanni Balassi, uh, Josh King and Mohamed Besic all leaving. Um, Leeds have made the loan of Jack Harrison permanent, uh, but, with, but have seen fan favourite Pablo Hernandez leave after his contract ended. He will join Castellon, who he played youth football for back in the day. Um, Leicester have signed Ryan Bertrand on a free and have bought Padson Dacker from RB Salzburg for £23 million and Bubakari Samari from Lille for £17 million. But they've also seen club legends Wes Morgan and Christian Fuchs leave. Uh, Wes Morgan has retired. Christian Fuchs will now play for a um, new expansion team in the MLS, Charlotte FC. Uh, fun fact, Puel, Fuchs is a massive Carolina Panthers fan and he wants to be an NFL kicker once his career ends. So he's got a chance now, if he's living in Charlotte where Carolina is, he's got a great chance of making that dream become a reality. Um, so good luck to him on that one. Um, Liverpool, my club have signed Ibrahim Akanate for £36 million from Leipzig but have somehow allowed Gino Adam to leave on a free to PSG. Uh, Klopp's first ever signing, Marco Gruich, has m- made this loan to Porto permanent. Uh, there's also a developing story around the Liverpool player, and I will mention this in a bit. I've got quite a tasty rant ahead coming up for this one. Um, as mentioned before, Sergio Aguero um, said his goodbyes at the end of the season. Uh, he will now play for Barcelona. Uh, but their local rivals, Man U, are close to signing Jadon Sancho. Uh, after a £73 million with Bridger Dormant was agreed, uh, and they also, annoyingly, close to signing um, Rafael Varane from Real Madrid. Um, so, very close to sort of agreeing that, which I think sad, I think will be the tra- transfer of the summer, and also the potentially the final piece in the jigsaw when it comes to Man U. So, it's a bit worrying in that sense, but it's a good signing nevertheless. Um, Newcastle have said goodbye to, for the second time to Andy Carroll. Uh, West Ham have sold Felipe Anderson back to Lazio, for an undisclosed fee, whereas Wolves have bought keeper Jose Sarr from Olympiacos after Rui Patricio went to Roma. Uh, speaking of Wolves, um, they've hired former Benfica manager Bruno Large. Uh, anyone who watches Alex's stuff will see his video on him. Um, he's now joined them after Nuno Espirito Santo left the club by mutual consent, and he will now become manager of Tottenham, where he has the issue of trying to convince Harry Kane to stay at the club with Man City. Um, seen as a team he is more likely to go to. Now that concludes my roundup of all the transfers so far and all the sort of managerial changes. But what I did mention, which I will mention now, is Everton's new manager. Now Everton have hired a new manager, which has caused mixed opinion on Twitter and social medias. Uh, Rafa Benitez, the former Liverpool manager, has been hired, which has, um, caused, I think, caused some issues with Everton fans for a comment he made back when he's Liverpool manager saying that Everton was a small club. Now, he's since tried to defend this, but I think I do fear for him in the sense that I think it would be maybe like the Chelsea movie had, where the fans maybe don't take to him. But I think if he starts winning games, they may change their mind. 
Now, in terms of Liverpool fans, I think that we are being harsh on Rafa Benitez in terms of giving him stick, in my opinion. I don't know what, I'll ask you boys afterwards what you think of this. But basically, I think he's got every right to go there. I, I, don't, I don't really blame him at all because, first of all, we sacked him. He didn't leave. He didn't go to a club. We sacked him. And also, his family lived in Liverpool whilst he was managing in China and also at Newcastle. So, for me, I see no issue. Uh, I mean, he wants to go back to England. I don't blame him. He's, if no one else wants him, well, that's a club that offers the best deal. It is his job. It's, it, he's not from Liverpool. He's from Spain. So it's, I know he won Champions League, the FA Cups, had many years successfully at Liverpool. We sacked him. So why would you? Why, why would he care, to be honest? Um, and I think, yeah, personally, I think that he has every right because I think Everton are, are, are a big club, in my, in my opinion. I think they're definitely a club of history and I think they're a club that Really, even though I don't like the fans, they deserve to be doing better than they are um, in, in the league. So I don't know what you boys think of, of this managerial appointment. Um, do you think he was right to go to Everton or do you think he um, should have been loyal to his former club? Um, I, I think Everton fans are very silly if they think they was ever going to get anyone better than Rafa Benitez. To be honest, in, you know they had at Carlo Ancelotti, very very good manager, and I put I would rate him probably a little bit higher maybe than Benitez, but not not much higher. So I don't really understand. Obviously, again, he was a Liverpool manager, yes, but he was probably right to call Everton a small club when he was a Liverpool manager because they were a small club realistically in terms of the sizes between those two clubs. But it's the same. When you look at, you know, Arsenal and Tottenham, would I have been disappointed if, I don't know, Pochettino came in from Tottenham to Arsenal? No. I think the only Tottenham manager I wouldn't have liked probably maybe is Harry Redknapp. But, again, it's just, I don't really understand why they're so upset. They've got a great manager in and, you know, he's he's done brilliantly at Newcastle. He's done very well wherever he's been. So, yeah, I think it's a very good, uh, managerial choice for Everton. Yeah, what what are your thoughts, Naeem? Yeah, I, I don't really see what the problem is, to be fair, because obviously with managers and players, there's not really any loyalty in football anyway. So wherever you go, you just you're gonna you're gonna go where the best opportunities are, sort of thing. So obviously, if Everton it was the best opportunity at the time, then I don't really see what the problem is. But you know what, fans are like obviously. You know, you support one club, and then obviously, if you see like an ex-manager or player playing for like a rival club, obviously it's a bit, you know. But I don't, I don't really see what the problem is, to be fair. But um, yeah, it's it's a good appointment, and you know, if he flops, then yeah, they can obviously slate him. But you know, you gotta give the guy a chance, and yeah, there's no loyalty, loyalty in football anymore. So I don't see no problem in that, to be fair. It's not like it's not like he. Um, you know, he was Liverpool manager, got sacked, they went straight to Everton. Obviously, that, that would be a bit... Yeah. But, you know, he hasn't been Liverpool manager for, was it, what, 10, 11 years now? Yeah, right? since 2010, yeah. 2010, yeah. So, it's over a decade ago, get over it sort of thing. But, you know, that's, yeah. that's just my opinion on it, really. I, I don't see no problem with it. Yeah, and this is why I've got an issue as well with the likes of sort of the Mike Owen thing to Man U, because, first of all, he left because he wanted a new challenge. Um, and, he, and if you listen to his podcast with Jamie Carragher, he did say that he did ask Rick Parry, who was the chief, chief executive at the time, whether he'll come back one day, and they shook hands. We tried to buy him when he left Madrid, but mm. Newcastle just offered double the money, twice the fantasy, and I think he tried going there again, but I think when he joined Man U, it was only Everton, Hull, or Man U that were offering a chance, and obviously Everton would have been the same thing as Man U. He still would have been hated, and Hull had just been relegated. So I do think that Mike Lowe took the best opportunity he had, and I was to work under the best manager of all time in Alex Ferguson and work under a great club in Man U in terms of the history, in terms of the, the amount of success they've had trophies-wise. And he's won, he's won a Premier League and scored in one of the most famous games in recent Man U history in that 4-3. So for me, yeah, I, I think some, some fans of Liverpool but other clubs, I think they get too attached. And I think sometimes you have yeah. to realise that these players, it is their jobs. And it's the same thing if you work for McDonald's and then Burger King came in and offered you twice the money or offered you better hours, better better benefits, better stuff like that, better pension. And I think you, you would go for it. And the same thing in football. If they offer you a better deal and better opportunities, then, then absolutely. Um, talk of Everton. Rafa has come into a very unfortunate situation that unfolded this week in the world of football. Now, Everton have announced on their website that a player has been suspended um, after police investigation. 
Now, Sky Sports and all the BBC have all revealed not the name of the player, but they've revealed that it's um it's thirty one year old who is playing for their country um sort of regularly and and they have been arrested. But I think under English law, British law, you can't announce a player until they've until it's all been sort of sorted out. So for legal reasons, we're not gonna say the player has been mostly linked. But I think it's a very sad situation if it's true, because I think we, we all saw with Adam Johnson what happened there, how disgusting that was. And I do think that this feels like it might be another repeat of that. Uh, but yeah, it could be worse so that, as well, to be fair. Say that again? It's, it could be worse than what Adam Johnson done. Obviously, we don't yeah, know we, the story. We don't, is, uh, we don't know. And there's talk of things like there's been items found or something. There's, there's some weird stuff happening. There's been a few things that have been announced. And it sounds like it's potentially... Work a lot worse, Adam Johnson, I think personally. But yeah, that's something yes, he has to deal with. One of the first tasks he's got is a very unfortunate thing to have to deal with. So hopefully he'll be able to deal with that. Uh, I think the player's been suspended from the club and he's on bail pending further inquiries. But I think we will we will find out sooner rather than later who this player is. And I think uh, if you read between the lines, if you look at all the clues, I think it's pretty much obvious who it is. But yeah, it's not definitely not been definitely you know confirmed yet. So. My final point is on Everton's local rivals, Liverpool. Now, there's been another unfortunate situation out this week. There's been increasing talk of Jordan Henderson's contract negotiations. And there's talk of it being sort of delayed and being a bit, a bit, a bit of a sensitive topic amongst the two parties. And there is increasing talk that we may sell him in the summer, which would be an absolute travesty uh, because he is a club legend. Um so yeah, Jordan Henderson has talk of him leaving with PSG and Atletico Madrid, seen as the two biggest suitors if he is to leave. Um, there's talk of his maybe being a cat and mouse between sort of agent and sort of club trying to get more money. Uh, but for me, FSG, if you do sell this guy, then you are disgraced and you should be even more out of our club. You should be out, you should be leaving already. I mean, the whole thing with the Super League was a disgrace, and I think you should have been sold the club there and then after what you did. And I think that um I mentioned before Wijnaldum, why are we letting him go but giving Andrea a new contract? I just don't get it. Um, and I think there was talk FSG, um, I heard on the Red Men podcast the fact that they also, they also own the Boston Red Sox in baseball. And they apparently do the exact same thing in baseball. When a player turns a certain age at the Boston Red Sox, they, ju- they just get rid of them and they make, make money out of it. Whether it's, uh, no matter how much of a legend this person is to their team or franchise. And I think, I think if Jordan Henson leaves this summer, then I think it's an absolute disgrace. And I'll be so upset if you leave because I think it's not like it's someone, he's someone uh, who's at the end of their career, someone who's on the downward trajectory. He's still very much a very important part of our team. I actually found a stat on Joel Henson. So when he starts games, we score 1.27 goals per game. When he doesn't start, we score 0.59. And I think I'm, I'm doing an article at the moment on, on this exact topic. And um, Joel Henson, whenever he plays... We're so much a better team. We look so much better when he's playing. Our, the way our system is, the way our midfield is, the way Jurgen Klopp likes our team to play, Jordan Henson is absolutely crucial. And it's no coincidence that we had that bad spell earlier this year when he was playing, either not playing at all or out of position in centre-back. So for me, I think that he... Yeah, I think I've probably made my point already, but I think personally, he just can't leave. He, I mean, his contract ends in two years' time. I mean, how much... It'll be 33, 34 by then. How much are they going to pay for a 34-year-old, realistically? I'd rather, if he's going to leave, I'd rather see him see out the contract and just leave in two years' time. Because first of all, I think he deserves a proper send-off by the fans because he is going to go down as one of our as a club legend. He's, he's won Premier League, Champions League, League Cup, uh, Super Cup, Club World Cup, and most of those as captain. I mean, what he does off the, off the pitch was all the stuff with the, uh, the captain's thing last year in terms of... Um, always worked last year. You look at his stuff on the pitch, even the England team, even though he didn't play that much, there was a lot of talk of him being a massive role model off the pitch and a massive influence behind the scenes um, for being a captain without being a captain, if you like. Uh, and I think what he does, to do, he's an unbelievable captain, a great player, but even better captain. And I think that if he gets sold, there's going to be a massive, massive uproar on with Liverpool fans, I think. Um, I know Stephen Gerrard left, but he was sort of reaching the end of his career, so you can sort of understand that. But I just can't see why we're giving Adrian a new contract, but we're not giving Wijnaldum and Henderson new contracts, even though they're similar ages. Adrian's potentially even older than those two. Um, so, yeah, I, I am absolutely dis- 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 disgraced that this is actually a talking point, and I can't believe that this might be happening. Uh, I think that, yeah, 
but that that's, that's my point on it. Um, <laughs> what do you boys think about this? Do you think that? Do you think he will stay? Do you think? Do you think he will leave? What's your views on on this whole situation surrounding Jordan Henderson? You know, um, obviously with Jordan Henderson, you just sometimes you never know with players whether you know the agents are like saying certain things just to get more money out of the clubs. But you know, obviously he's he's your captain, he's your leader. You know, obviously we've seen what you're like without without him in the midfield. Um, I don't know how much money he's on already. Well, he must be what must be under two hundred grand. In I'd assume he's probably on in it. Let me check. I'll check. I'll check his contract now. I don't actually know what how much he's earning a week. Um, yeah, it, it can't be any more than two hundred thousand because yeah, I can't see that happening. But yeah, it'll be if if you let both of them go in the summer. Um, if you let Jordan Henderson go as well as obviously Ryan Adam, who's already gone, then yeah, you need to start looking at who's in charge of your transfers and also your contracts because. That sort of play you can't really replace easy. So, yeah, you, FSG. Yeah, they these American owners, man. <laughs> There's nothing's been said about them. They're this. They just they can't bring. They can't do what they do in America over here. It's, it just don't really work. So, yeah, I think if if he does leave, then yeah, they're gonna your, a lot of your fan base are gonna really start turning on FSG. So, because mm-hmm. they've been there. What? How long they've been there for now? Well, ten years. Since 2010. I think. 2010. Since. So, they've been there quite a while. So. Mm. You know they've they've done some good business, but yeah, they can't let him go. To be fair, Just give him like a you know another extra year or two, and then let him see out his contract. To be fair, yeah, I think here he's on thirty six point four million pounds. That was a five year deal. He was about seven million pounds to seven point two million a year. Um, so yeah, um, so yeah, it's it's interesting, and I think that yeah, I think that he. No matter what happens, he will go down as a club legend. But I think it'd be an absolute shame if, if it ends this way because I think he's got at least a good two or three years or four years left in the tank. Um, but yeah, Ryan, what, what are your thoughts on on John Henson potentially leaving Liverpool? I also I, I also actually saw on Twitter today that he was uh, he was actually linked with uh, Arsenal. Yeah, quite finally. <laughs> um, <laughs> I don't really know what to think of that one, but massive downgrade. I mean. Yeah. Yeah, I'm I'm someone who uh, probably about six or six, between six and twelve months ago didn't actually rate Jordan Henderson, and then Andy sort of banged the drum about him for a long time, and then I paid yeah. a bit more attention to him when I watched Liverpool, and then you do actually when you look at him properly, you see the difference he does make. So, I mean, surely they can't let him and Wijnaldum, like you say, leave in the same window, both on freeze. That that's like Arsenal level of transfer business. Mm. Yep. So, not, not something you usually. I mean, you don't you don't normally associate Liverpool with bad transfer business either because they've been so good at selling players. Oh, I, I don't for know. The last few years. I don't know. I mean, we spent thirty five million on Andy Carroll. <laughs> yeah, but I mean, I, I I mean more in recent years. Yeah, not, yeah. Not, yeah. Not, the last five years have been exceptional in terms of. I think we got the same money from combined from Solanke and Jordan Ibe as we got as we paid for Sadio Mane, and that's down to Michael Edwards, uh, the business he's done. So, um, yeah, I, I think there's also an issue in terms of there's fears of like a sort of a battle between Jurgen Klopp and sort of the owners. I think this this thing could potentially sort of affect his authority. I think like, uh, if they're, because there's no way Jurgen Klopp can sit there and go, yeah, I want him to leave, Jordan Henderson. Um, so if the owners overrule this and they make this happen, then that's going to really um, sort of question Jurgen Klopp's authority. And that could really uh, affect things going forward in terms of future but- situations like this as well. Yeah, I mean, I also think we're. I uh, I watched a David Ornstein video on it actually, and that he sort of explained how we're sort of coming. It's not right now, but I think in a year or two, it'll be, it'll be coming. This Liverpool squad will be coming to the end of its kind of cycle. Yeah. And you look at the age of some of the players. Again, they've got they've got a lot of big players who they need to sort their contracts out on. Obviously, Allison, Fabinho, Salah. You know what they're going to do about Mane and uh, Firmino because they're not all very young anymore, and I understand that they do need to start thinking about the players and the squad that's going to come after that. But like you say, even I don't necessarily think they even even need to extend Henderson's contract. They could just give him a pay rise. I think he deserves that, quite frankly. Um, or some kind of incentive put in his contract. Uh, but even so, you know, 33, 34 isn't, you know, 
old really in, in, in football nowadays. It's not like it was five, ten, fifteen years ago. I don't think it's considered that old anymore, really. You know, you know, Messi's thirty-four, going on thirty-five, so no one really mentions that, but it's because of how good he is. Obviously they're not in the same class, but I think uh he could definitely still be a, uh, even if he's just a squad player, you know, at thirty three and thirty four, someone to have as kind of you know, to lift morale and and continue to be a leader, don't think that's necessarily the worst thing in the world either. <laughs> Hi, you'll get copyright. Yes, who's here? She's made it about three hours late. Uh, Alex is now here. He's now he's made it. Right, I would like to make a defence of myself. Um, I I had no prior notification, and it is it's my bad. Listen, 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 listen. It is my bad. I should have remembered. However, usually a great big flying thing comes up and says Ryan is calling you on Skype, and nothing came up. No idea why. Well, uh, I I'm, think I'm you should check, check, check the chat, my friend. You'll see um, it. No, because um, I I mute that chat. Well, <laughs> well, there we, you go then. On Monday, you said to, you said on Monday. I think Thursday can work, and then <laughs> at um, Ryan did tag you both both me and you in in the message. So, um, so yeah, no no really no excuses there. You've um, poor defence. Yellow card. Oh, yellow card, that's fine. It's all right. Well, actually, I've to be fair, actually, I don't think the actual tagging works. I can't click on the on the message and see find your profile because normally if you tag, do the oh, well, that's well, your fault. Yeah, so I think it's both Ryan and Ryan and Alex's fault, personally. Don't even fucking go there. <laughs> <laughs> it's fine. I have come. Uh, this is, if I am not mistaken, the roundup of the leagues. And, yeah, and we've done the first three, so we've done Spanish, Italian, and English. So it's, you're actually perfect timing, actually, because we just finished the English football chat and my rant on FSG. So, um, so yeah, it's over to you now. What's happening in France? Oh, wonderful. Well, you see, I actually timed it to perfection. It was all on purpose, my my lovely listeners. Um, <laughs> well, let me talk you through uh, Ligue 1. Um, well, uh, it's a bit on fire at the moment, uh, generally. Um, you, you may have heard of things like the French football crisis and there's lots of complex numbers flying around, but I'm going to explain it to you in an equal way. Basically, a uh, big company, imagine ITV say we're actually going to host the Premier League uh, games and we're going to pay £30 billion. Pounds. We're going to massively overpay for it. Then like two months into the season, they go, oh shit, we're not making money, right? So French football has no provider. There's no Sky Sports. There's there's no one. But there is one provider. BT are still paying a billion pounds uh, to host 20 games a season. Like basically nothing, right? And Amazon Prime say, well, we can make a big deal here. And they say, we'll pay the Premier League 900 million. We're going to save you guys. You're struggling financially. We want the rest of the games. So that's what's happening in France. Their, their main channel called Canal Plus. There are... They're paying a few hundred million pounds to host like a couple of games per weekend. It's literally two games. Amazon are paying half that amount to host the rest. So Canal Plus are now suing the French Football Federation saying, you're fucking us over. Amazon are getting ready to cut the price even further. It's all gone tits up. But that hasn't stopped clubs spending. They're selling quite a bit, as we know, as you guys have probably discussed. Bubakaro Samare has left for Leicester. Romain Paroud has left for Southampton. You guys probably didn't discuss that because you just ranted about FSG. But there's <laughs> been lots of moves coming out of the uh, league gun because the players have been sold. However, they're still making some interesting signings. Now, lastly, last season's Champions Lille, they've not really done anything yet. But PSG, we all know about. They've brought in mm. Donnarumma. Danilo Pereira on the permanent, Wijnaldum, Sergio Ramos, and Ashraf Hakimi. And they've been linked to Paul Pogba today. So it's uh, PSG are doing very well, but they're not the only team. We, everyone knows about PSG. We're actually going to talk about a couple other ones. So I thought an interesting one would be Marseille, because Marseille have been walloping the cash around. They've spent, yep. I've got it in front of me actually, £40 million. They've brought Gerson in, a Brazilian midfielder from Flamengo. Ryan might know him. He used to play for Fiorentina and I think Roma. Mm -hmm. uh, 24 years old. 
bought him for 20 million. It's an interesting move. It's also been Paul Lopez from Roma's coming from loan. I don't like that one as much. Cengizunda of Leicester and Turkey's coming for Marseille. Uh, Gwenduzi and Saliba have come in on loan as well. Ryan and Naeem, yeah, losing him. That'll be funny if one of them gets made permanent. Uh, Ren have also spent a bit of cash. They they argued with Ajax over a winger that I can't be bothered to pronounce because no one will know who he is. Uh, I'll give it a try. Kamaldin Sulimana, apparently very hyped. But yeah, there has been a bit of activity in France still. They're still bringing the players in, but they're, they're dealing well with the circumstances. However, we still may see players leave there. They're also failing in the Olympics. They just lost their opening game to Mexico. In Japan, which is also hilarious. Obviously, they fucked up in the the Euros too. Um, so it's a bit laughable over there, but it's uh, it's uh, it's it's interesting. It's interesting. Mm. I think one thing to note as well, though, about that French Olympics team is didn't they call up quite a lot of very talented young players, and then all the clubs in France pretty much all turned around and said, "No, yes. I'm not going to the Olympics." Yes, yeah, yes, pretty much, yeah. I, that, I, go on. I saw I saw Mexico had uh, uh, Ochoa in goal, who's about 50 years old, and uh, Real Betis winger Diego uh, Lanes. So they've obviously got experienced players in there. As I mean, I saw Danny Alves playing for Brazil, like really, really, yeah, against Germany under 23s. How is that a contest? I think because they can have two over 23s. Over 23s, yeah, yeah. I think it's like Ronaldinho played in the Beijing Olympics. I think. Dan, Danny Alves, wow, that's um, oh yeah, he's there, yeah. Because I knew um, fans fans had um, Doban and Gignac, didn't they? Mm, that yeah, yeah. Players, which, I'm not, yeah, it's um, it's, it's Ricardo, and is, is he a 23 or younger? Then is he, is he still count as the age, or is he? Yeah, I think different? he's 22, I believe. Yeah, 22. Yeah, so who, who, who was the other one that was experienced? Um. Douglas the Wee, or is he old enough? Or pa- oh, Paulinho? Was he Paulinho? It doesn't oh, matter. It's the Olympics, and no one cares about the Olympics because it's boring in comparison to the whoa, Euros. Whoa, 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 whoa. Wait, watch the, ha- the handball final. Oh, the handball! Oh, let's watch the shot put. That's fun. No, we care about football here, Andy. <laughs> hey, you seen Bolt 100 meters? You know the, the, the beach volleyball. The beach volleyball. You know. Oh yeah, beach volleyball. Everyone's that's always a good watch. Beach volleyball World Cup. Um, <laughs> I, I, I have, I feel a bit harsh. I have a personal dislike to the Olympics. I think it's boring and overhyped. But um, yeah, France is a uh, quite fun. Quite, quite interesting at the uh, at the moment. I'll, I'll say that. But I'll give you guys a bit of tasty information since I was late. Um, I'm going to give you guys an exclusive. Uh, I can't give you all of it, but I've been working on a little study at the moment, well, it was quite big, uh, that will be posted to a tactics website called Breaking the Lines. It's very popular, headed by Zach Lowey, a uh, good journalist in America. But uh, I can't give the full details. However, the study has been about ranking the top five European leagues. Obviously, we all know who they are. Liga, the Bundesliga, the Premier League, right? And Serie A, and, you know, the other one, La Liga. There we yeah. go. Almost forgot about it. No, I must, don't take any disrespect. I'm, 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 I'm talking quickly, so I'm just forgetting about it. But still, we all know who they are. But the rankings always been, you know, there's basically 120 combinations there. And uh, I, I was tasked with doing a big statistical study to find out what the true ranking is. Now, I, I'm, you know, I want to make sure you go and read the article and watch a video that will come out on my YouTube about it. But mm. I'll give you a couple of interesting things. For example, the average German goalkeeper or the average Bundesliga keeper concedes two goals more than they should. They're two goals more than the Premier League goalkeeper with her game in relation to expected goals. Basically, two goals more than they should do. Right. Which shows they're the worst keepers in Europe. Premier League are the best. But at the same time, Premier League are the most error prone league in Europe. Which is also interesting. And finally, just a little one. League Gun, to bring it all the way back home. They have the youngest league, the lowest spending league. But they also shoot from the furthest distance. They're the least efficient team. In fact, the only, t- the only league in the Big Five that shoot from outside of the box regularly. It's just a little interesting mm. thing there. Uh, uh, yeah. uh, just a topic, then. I don't know if you had one lined up. But what would you guys rank the Big Five's leagues as? I feel like we asked this in yeah, the first couple of episodes. I'd go I mean, Premier League. I'll, I'll tell me if any of you are right. You, all three of you say it. 
All right, so I'm going to go Premier League, then Bundesliga, and then La Liga, and then, oh, it's a tough one. Probably go, I'd probably go, for, I don't know. I think the history of Italian league is better than the French football, but I think... We didn't take history still, into account. Yeah, because <laughs> it's totally the 90s in the UK, Channel 4 and all that kind of era. Uh, but then at the same time, I think French football can be, at the moment, more exciting to watch. You know what the hell, I'm going to go French and Italian. Just... Okay, nine? I'll go Premier League, La Liga, Bundesliga... League on and then Syria. And Ryan. Yeah, so Premier League number one, obviously. Um, second one, if we're going off purely the last quality. year or two, oh, quality. It's quality ah. over the last four years, basically. Oh, okay. So that's interesting, actually. I'd probably, probably say Premier League, then League One, then La Liga, then Serie A and Bundesliga last, actually. Well, I can't reveal it, but you're all wrong. So we'll have to look in. And I will say as well, it's not going to be boring. It's not UEFA's official ranking. There is a big upset in there, but we'll have to wait and see. I, I, I That must mean that Premier League's not top, because everyone... Said different order. It must be something else top. It must be, but I can't work out what that would be. La Liga. We'll have to wait and see. No, yeah, we'll see. <laughs> after we'll last see. year. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> maybe next year. Maybe next year. <laughs> yeah, that. I got a feeling that 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 that. Sorry, I knew that, that that stat about the shots from distance will change next season after we have a full season of Thomas Party at Arsenal. <laughs> yeah. Full season? He's gonna make the full season with his injury record. He's gonna he's gonna have the whole season. He will, don't you worry. Don't you worry. Uh, I don't know. Um but yeah, everyone keep an eye out for Alex's YouTube channel to see what comes up. Uh also huge congrats to him. He's reached over a thousand subscribers on YouTube. Oh, so he's thank uh, you, thank you. He's finally getting paid now for it. So um <laughs> all the best. Well then. And talking of YouTube, that we have we have got announcement to make. Um the three of us, so me, Nyman, and Ryan, are going to be going to Craven Cottage next month for a video. So we'll be going along with my mate Adam, um, who lives near in the area. Um, the four of us are going to be going to watch Fulham against Hull. Um, mm-hmm. So yeah, that's on August twenty first. So yeah, we look forward to bringing you a video based on that. And yeah, we hope you enjoy. But that does conclude our podcast for this week. Um, hope you've enjoyed. We're back to as I said, we're back to now club football. So, um, yeah, we look forward next week to bringing you further updates from the world of domestic football. So, I've been your host, Andy. And once again, I've been joined by Naeem, Ryan, and eventually Alex. Take care. Adios. Good night.